Wow, all right. You guys feeling all right tonight? Everybody good? Yeah, that was, uh, that was Sean. Can we thank the band one more time for that, for leading us? Um, I just want to say, because I see them behind the scenes, like in rehearsal, and even more behind the scenes than that, like in real life, and everything you just saw right there is real. Like none of that is an act. I've seen that times like five in a rehearsal before where they're like crying and going after it. And I'm like, hey guys, we gotta wrap it up because it's almost eight o'clock and people are about to come in here. In fact, it's like 7.40, people are literally coming in here and like, that's real. So I just wanna encourage you with that. Um, and I love their passion. I love the way they lead us every single week. It's so great to be a part of that. But hey, welcome to the living room. And if we've never met before, my name's Matt and I get to help lead the living room here at Buckhead Church. And I'm super, super pumped for tonight. Tonight. We're wrapping up this series that we've been in called Notorious, and if you haven't um, been tracking with us for the past three weeks, uh, I'll catch you up really quick in like two minutes or less. Notorious is a word that means to be widely or well-known for something, and throughout this series, we've been talking about the one thing that we're all known for, which is our reputation. Good or bad, whether you like it or not, we all have a reputation. Now, it's important to note that a reputation is not the same thing as someone's unfounded opinions about you. No, a reputation is different than that. People are always going to have opinions. There's always going to be haters that are going to be hating, right? But a reputation is different because reputations are built. They're built. And so in part one of Notorious, we talked about how oftentimes bad reputations are easy to make but difficult to shake. Bad reputations in our life are easy to make but they're difficult to shake. And then we followed that up in part two, and we talked about how the good news is that you can create, you can build a new reputation for yourself, that repetition creates or builds reputation. So if you want to build a new reputation, then start to think about what is it that you're putting on repeat in your life. And then last week in part three of Notorious, Beth did a phenomenal job, and she addressed a really, really huge question, one that I think Pretty much all of us in the room have asked before or at some point are going to ask, and it was this question right here, what do you do when like, the reputation or the legacy of your family isn't fully the reputation or legacy that you want to be true of you in your own life? Like, does your family's reputation, does their legacy automatically just become yours, or is there a way to break free of that? Is there a way to step in to something new, to build a new reputation, a new legacy for yourself, and so it was a super helpful conversation. And then tonight in part four, we're gonna finish this conversation, but I want us to kind of move out of the present. We've been talking a lot about like what you can do right now in the moment, but I want us to look past the now tonight. And here's why. Because the decisions that you're making right now, they don't just like impact you today. No, they're gonna impact you tomorrow. The decisions that you make right now will impact you later in life. In fact, a lot of the decisions that you make right now in the moment, you're not even going to really experience the consequences until later on in life, maybe much later in life. The, the priorities that you have right now, it will probably impact you later in life. Like later in life, the priorities you have right now are going to flow over and you're going to have habits that are going to flow over because of the things that you prioritize right now in life. Your reputation right now, it's not just magically going to disappear later in your life. Like, yes, you can change your reputation, you can build a new one, but your reputation right now is probably going to follow you later in life. And I think you know this to be true, that the now impacts later. Now impacts later. So if the decisions that you're making right now aren't super great decisions, then you're probably not going to wind up in a place later that you want to be in. 
If the things that you're prioritizing right now, if you're giving way too much time to things that you don't need to give way too much time to, social media, uh, just an example, but if, like, if that's your priority and you're being really lazy with things that you should be giving time to and that should be higher on the priority list, then you're probably not just magically going to end up in a spot later that you want to be in. If your reputation right now isn't one that you're proud of, if it's not one that's really, really good, then you may not have a great reputation Later, it might be really tough to break that. And so I just want to get your minds thinking about that right now. The decisions that you're making right now, the way you're spending your time and energy, the things you're prioritizing, your reputation now, is it leading you towards the life that you want later? Is it leading you towards the relationships that you want later? Is it leading you towards the marriage that you want later? Is it leading you towards the graduation day that you want to experience later? Is it leading you towards the job that you want to have later? Or is it even leading you towards the faith that you want to have later? Now impacts later. And what really got me thinking about this was, I don't know if you've heard of it or not, probably not, but there's this growing movement um, that's happening specifically in South Korea. Uh, Speaking of South Korea, anybody watching the Olympics right now? This is just a side note, but while we're on topic, South Korea. Yeah, the Olympics are in South Korea, if you didn't know this, Pyeongchang to be exact. I've been practicing saying that. It's pretty good listening to the announcers. And I don't know about you, but, but I love the Olympics. Like, I really do. It just does something good for my soul. Like, just knowing they're on for the next two and a half, three weeks. Like, it just feels good. You know, you come home and you hear the music. Like, that's pretty good. That's, that's better than I thought I'd do. And so I love the Olympics. I'm going to be honest. There's some events that I do not understand. Um, I feel like I've, I saw an event yesterday that I've never seen before. Uh, maybe, maybe some of y'all have seen this, maybe not. If you haven't, I guess watch it, but I don't even know what it is, honestly. They're like skiing on flat ground, okay, which to me, I don't know why you want, I don't, whatever. Um, so they're skiing on flat ground, but then they pull out a rifle off their back, and they start shooting things. And I'm like, what, is this the Hunger Games? Like, what are they doing? You know, what are they shooting? So I don't understand that, but whatever. It's an Olympic event. It's great. Um, but I'm the guy that when I watch the Olympics, uh, I, I like, I picture myself there. And so like I was watching figure skating last night and I'm like, hey, uh, and tomorrow, Anne's my wife. I was like, hey, tomorrow we had the living room, but on Tuesday, let's go find an ice skating rink. Cause I can't really skate, but I promise you when I get on that rink, like I'm going to be killing it triple axle, you know, what's up? It's going to be amazing. Um, but anyways, that, that has nothing to do with anything that we're talking about tonight, by the way. But South Korea, back, back to the story. South Korea. Okay, so there's this growing movement that's happening right now in South Korea. I'm not making this up. And it's called the near-death experience. And, and so here's what happens. Let me explain. People will go to this fake funeral home, and they will throw you a fake funeral. So I know this sounds crazy, but, but let's not call it crazy because that's kind of offensive. Let's just say this is different are unique. Let's just call it unique, okay? Let's just say it's unique. It's a unique practice, all right? So they will legitimately go to legit fake funeral homes, and they'll throw you a legitimate fake funeral, all right? So this is unique. In fact, I have pictures to prove to you that I'm not making this up, so like, throw up the first picture. Yeah, yeah, So you show up at this fake funeral home, and you talk to a person, a real person, okay? You talk to this real person. You have a conversation. They kind of set up the time, what it's going to look like, and then this picture right here, go back, go back one this picture is, is them writing their own eulogy. You write your own eulogy for yourself. Go to the next picture. 
Okay, so people come, family and friends often come to these events, and it's like an emotional deal. And I was going to be like, this is crazy, it's fake, don't cry, but I'm not making fun of people that cry because I've been watching This Is Us over the past couple weeks, and like, I cry, I'm just like, just the music makes me, you know, so I get it, like it's emotional. Anyways, so they're, they're crying, they're emotional, keep going, check this out. Eventually, the people will go into a coffin, okay, and go to the next one. Like, they close the coffin, they leave a little bit of breathing room, all right? But you stay in the coffin, usually for around 30 minutes. Like, this is a real thing, it's a growing movement, people are doing this. And they say that once this experience is over, that they have a completely fresh new perspective on life. That once this, like, hour-long experience is over, people say they start to see things through a completely different lens. Like, Their present lives are are impacted because they've been thinking about the end. And I think that's true. When you start to think about the end, it it impacts the way that you think right now in in the present time. In fact, I'd say this right here. When faced with the end, we're forced to evaluate if our present lifestyle will lead to our desired future. And so tonight, I want to challenge us to, to think about the end just for a moment. And I know this can be kind of weird, this can be awkward, it can be emotional, and be like, I don't want to do that, come on, like I'm 20 years old, I'm in college, I don't want to think about the end, but I think it'll be super, super helpful if we can just go there for a moment, if you'll just track with me tonight. So um, to help you do that, while, while we were singing tonight, and, and, and we're getting lit up in here, and people were like doing Running Man before the night, I don't know if you saw that, but I was killing it in the back. <laughs> yeah, I thought, yeah. Um, so while we were doing all that, um, our host team was out in the lobby, and they were working hard, and they were setting up some coffins. So one by one in a minute, you guys are going to, I'm kidding, we're not doing that tonight. <laughs> oh my, some of y'all, you should have seen your face, you're like, bro, what'd you bring me to? <laughs> I'm kidding, there's no coffins out there, you're good. <laughs> we're not, we're not doing that, we're not doing that, but, <laughs> but in all seriousness, In all seriousness, you know this, life is short. Life is short. Like I've experienced loss of grandparents and close friends in my life. My wife, she lost her dad to cancer when she was in high school. You probably have experienced loss in your life in a room this size. There's someone in here that you've experienced loss probably in the last month or so. And you know this, that life is short. It goes by really, really quick. So even though we're young, even though we're in college, we need to start thinking all right now about the end. Because the end, when we think about the end, it will impact the way we live right now in the moment. So the question I want us to lean into tonight, the question I want to ask you is this. What story do you want to tell at the end of your college experience? What story do you want to tell? In your relationships, what story do you want to tell? In your career, what story do you want to tell? In your faith, what story do you want to tell? In your life, what kind of story do you want to tell? With your reputation, what story do you want to tell? I bought a house a few months ago, and it was my first time ever buying a house before, so it was a brand new experience. 
And there was this, like, our front yard was, was kind of a disaster. Like, what I mean by that is we, were, we bought the house, and it was, like, day one. We're walking up with our realtor. He's kind of giving us the final run-through of everything. And, and Ann was like, hey, what, what kind of grass is this in our front yard? And he's like, oh, yeah, that's a unique kind of grass. Those are called weeds. Like, you don't have any grass. And um, so that just gives you a picture. And then our landscaping is, this stage looks like our landscaping, actually. It's non-existent, so there is no landscaping, okay? So I was like, hey, you know, being the, the man that I am, like, we like to fix things, right, guys? And so I'm like, no worries. Like, I, you know, I'll go to Home Depot tomorrow, and I'll buy some plants, and we'll plant some flowers there and a bush there. And maybe I'll even throw a tree there. I don't know. We'll see what happens, you know? And someone that's a little bit wiser than me was like, Matt, that's, that's not a good idea. Like, don't, don't do that. Because if you do that, you're going to waste your time, you're going to waste a lot of energy, you're going to waste probably a lot of money, and it's just not going to look very good at all. In fact, it's going to look pretty bad. Like, you're going to have a tree that's three times the size of your house, and, you know, that's, that's not good. So I was like, okay, what do I need to do? He's like, well, you need to call a professional out. So I call this guy out, and I'm thinking he's just going to, like, bring a sketch pad and look at it for 30 minutes and draw me up something, and boom, there you go. No, 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 not the case. He comes out, and he walks around the house for, like, two hours. And he's asking me questions. He's surveying things. This, this joker's like pulling measurements. I mean, it's unreal. I'm like, this is crazy. And then he comes back to me and he's like, hey, we'll meet up again in about three weeks. And I'm thinking, three weeks? Are you designing the city of Atlanta? Like what? You know. But he's like, no, this is just like how long it takes. So again, news to me. It's my first time. So I'm like, okay, whatever you say. So three weeks later, we meet up and he comes and he brings this thing right here. We'll show it to you. He brings a blueprint. All right. And this is just for our front yard, for our landscaping. And so this thing, like, you probably can't see this, but this is detailed. Like, I'm not a detailed kind of guy, so this was, like, overwhelmingly stressful to me, all right? I'm looking at this, and I'm like, bro, this is upside down. I don't even know which side's right. I'm like, bro, you're talking about trees that I've never even heard. This is a Kanza dog, dogwood. What is that? You know, he's like, just Google. I'm having to Google every single thing. I'm like, what about just a lily or something like that? You know, I don't know. But he literally drew this to the detail, like to the exact centimeter measurement. And he's drawing trees that are like going to grow perfectly narrow here. And then a bush that's going to complement that. And this one's going to grow in this certain season and that season. And I looked at this and was like, that's unbelievable. Like, that's pretty amazing. And the reason he did this was so that I would have a plan, so that I would make the most of my time, so that we could make the most of our money, and so that ultimately it could look, our yard could look the best that it possibly can look. Now, college is too unique of a season. It's too short of a season to just go through the motions to just be like, oh, we'll see what happens, you know, wake up today, and this is my go through the motions type of lock, you know, and, and like some of you, I get it, like I've heard before, like, yeah, yeah, you know, college is four years, like, I'm just going to do my thing, I'm going to do the normal college life, and, and that's great, like that's an option for sure, but I just think that there's more, and I think that you're cheating yourself, you're settling, if you don't make a plan, if you don't in a sense, draw up a blueprint for what you want your college years to look like. Where do you want to go? I'm not saying plan out every single detail. No, that's not what I'm talking about at all. But I'm saying start to figure out where do you want to go and then start to be intentional and in going in that direction. I think it'll make a, a massive difference. And I think one of the ways that we can begin to do that is starting to think with the end in mind. Because when we start to think that way, we'll start to think, okay, what kind of reputation am I building? What decisions am I making? What are my priorities looking like? 
So there's a fact, there's a book in the Bible called Psalms, and Psalms speaks into this in Psalm 90, verse 12, and I love this. And this is what it says. Check this out. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days. So what that says is life is short. Don't live life as if time is an unlimited resource because it's not. Time is limited. Once it's gone, you can't get it back. So he's saying if you begin to live life as if time is short, as if it's a valuable commodity, then you're going to gain a heart of wisdom. And what does that mean? That means you're going to start to run things through a filter that isn't just a filter of whether or not this is right or wrong, but you're going to start to run things through a filter of is this the wise thing to do? Is this going to lead me to a place where I want to go? Is this going to be best for me? Is it going to be best for others? Apostle Paul speaks into this in Ephesians chapter 5. This is what he says. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. He says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise. Have you ever walked around barefoot before outside? Like all of you, you've done this before. And like when you walk barefoot, if you're like on concrete, what are you doing? You're like kind of watching your steps. You're being cautious, right? You're being careful, if you have shoes on, it's totally different. Like you're just running, you don't care, you're jumping on things. But if you're barefoot, you, you pay attention to where you're going. And essentially, this is what Paul is saying here. He's saying, I want you to live your life as if you're walking around barefoot. And, and he's not telling us to live life in fear, but he's saying, I want you to be cautious. I want you to pay attention to where you're going. I want you to live wise. I want you to make the most of every single opportunity. I don't want you to cheat yourself by just settling and being like, oh, I'll just do whatever comes my way. No, make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And that's interesting. Like, I've, I've read that a few times. I'm like, what, what exactly does that mean? Well, what it means is that sin is advancing in this world. And you know this. It's not hard to see this. Like, there's darkness all around you. You turn on the news. You get on social media. You talk to your family, friends. You just live your life. And you hear about things. And you're like, Wow. How could that happen? How could that person say that? Look at that injustice. I don't, I don't understand. The sin is advancing. And so what Paul is saying is that you need to start living wise. You need to make the most of every opportunity right now because there is a world that needs you. There's a world that needs Christ followers to shine their light wherever they go. Wherever they go. And that starts right now. And why? Because now is how the end is defined. So live with the end in mind. Right now is how the end of your life is defined. So we'd be foolish not to live right now without having the end in mind. So make a plan. Start to think about where you want to go. Maybe for you that, that literally looks like sitting down and writing out a blueprint of where you want to go. Start to be intentional about taking steps towards getting there. And start to think, use wisdom. When I was dating Anne, when we first started dating, we were just like, you know, going through the motions. We do what, what, what you do when you date. Like, you know, like I'm calling her, we're, we're chatting, we're hanging out, we're just getting to know each other. But about six or seven months into our relationship, we had a conversation that I think everyone should have in relationships. It's, it wasn't the only time we had this conversation. We, we have this conversation frequently, even now as we're married. And it's a conversation that I call a DTR, define the relationship. So about six months in, we sat down and I was like, hey, Ann, listen. Like, I like you. It's been really fun, like, getting to know you and developing a friendship with you. 
but I don't talk to my friends this much. Like people that are just friends in my life, like we don't talk every day, we don't FaceTime, we don't hang out every weekend. So I was like, I would love to, to maybe pursue this as more than a friendship and see where things go, but if you're not on the same page, then that's great, but we just need to step back a little bit. And so she's like, yeah, I think that sounds great. I, I would love to pursue this as more than a friendship and like put a label on this and see where things go. And from that day forward, things began to change. Like I, I made a plan for, for what the end was going to look like. And I started to be intentional. I started thinking, I started using wisdom. Like, should I do that? Should I say that? I was, I was being intentional with the things that I was doing. And eventually that led me to a moment where I got down on one knee. And, and she looked at me and she's like, are you sure you wanna do this? I'm like, yes, I'm sure. <laughs> That, that literally happened, and I'm, I forgot to ask you if I could say that, but I was, I was okay. Um, so she looks at me, and she asked me that. In all honesty, it was a good question because I wasn't really sure, but I was like, I, I'm acting confident. I don't know. And so I said, will you marry me? And she said, I don't know. No, I'm kidding. She said, yes. She said, yes. She said, I will. And fast forward a few months after that, we get married. She walks down the aisle. We have a, a wedding. We get married, and then we go on our honeymoon. And now almost five years later, we're getting ready to start a family. Things are moving forward, super exciting. But I just wonder, what would have happened if I would have never stopped to think about the end? What would have happened? What might I have missed out on? What might Ann and I have missed out on if I just didn't ever stop to think about where are we going? Like, what, what, what does the end look like? I don't know if we'd be together today, truly. I think we would have missed out on some amazing moments. And it makes me think about all of you. What might you be missing out on in life, in college, if you never stop to, to think about the end, to think about where you're going? I think you might miss out on some really amazing opportunities, some really incredible experiences. I think it's super, super important that we stop and we think about the end because when we start to think about the end, it impacts the way we live right now, so I want to ask you again, what, what story do you want to tell? Come on, what story do you want to tell? What story do you want to tell when it comes to, to school? I know that some of you are like, ah, oh, school, gosh, I can't stand school. But hey, you're, you're pretty blessed with an amazing opportunity to attend school, to attend university. Most of the world doesn't have that opportunity. What story do you want to tell? Do you want to tell the story that you just coasted through, like you did the normal thing, you lived the normal college life, or do you want to tell a different story? Like, no, I made the most of my time. I set a plan. I was intentional. I didn't just live the normal life. Don't, don't let the fear of, of, of being different keep you from being great. What do you want your story to look like when it comes to work? What story do you want to tell? I know that a lot of you right now, you're probably working jobs that seem really insignificant, at least to you, you're like, man, I'm not getting paid enough. I don't get the recognition that I deserve. I'm working way too many hours. Like, this is ridiculous. And so as a result, maybe you show up to work and you just go through the motions and you kind of cheat a little bit and you, you know, give discounts that, to your friends that you shouldn't be given. You're like, yeah, you, you can get 98% off on this, on this meal. And your friends appreciate it, but your boss probably doesn't. Is that the story you want to tell? Or do you want to be able to tell the story of, yeah, I worked this job that I didn't like at all, but I showed up every day on time. I was faithful. I worked hard. I was an honest employee. Built my character. What story do you want to tell? What story do you want to tell with your friends? Like, do you want to 
be able to tell a story that's like, I, I was a loyal friend. I was honest. We, we had authentic, real friendships. Or do you just want to tell a story of, yeah, I had friends that we hung out with on the weekends. It was pretty shallow, like very surface level. What story do you want to tell? What story do you want to tell in your relationships? Right now, you, you can't always decide the consequences and how things work out, but you can decide the story that you want to tell. You can decide what you're going to do right now. What story do you want to tell in your relationships? What story do you want to tell through your finances? I know it's tough to think about in college because a lot of us are like, we, we don't really have finances right now. But even right now, you can start to develop habits. You can start to develop a mindset that later on in life, you can tell a story of, man, when I was in college, I started saving. I was generous. Like I made the most of what I had. What story do you want to tell when it comes to your faith? See, because for a lot of us, if you look at the stats across the country, college is a time for a lot of us when our faith goes, whoo, and hits rock bottom. For a lot of us, it's a time when our faith just evaporates. For others of us, maybe the story we're going to be able to tell is college is a time when for the first time in our lives, we started asking questions. For the first time in our lives, we actually started thinking about what, what do I believe? Like, I know what my parents believe or my grandparents or my friends, but what, what do I believe? And maybe even for some of you, college is going to be a time when you're going to really begin to own your faith. Maybe you're going to step into faith for the first time, and it's going to be a season where your faith just soars. It goes to new levels. Decide today the story that you want to tell tomorrow. Decide today the story that you want to tell tomorrow, because now impacts later. Start to think and live with the end in mind, as we begin to close, I want to share a story with you. It was a couple weeks ago, and um, there's this spot uh, coming out of my neighborhood where when I'm on my way to church, I live about three, three, three miles away from Buckhead Church. So every single morning when I'm driving, um, there's this turn where I need to turn left onto Peachtree, and I have two options, one option that's legal and one option that is not legal, that's Ill illegal. And so normally I choose the illegal option, just going to be honest with you, but here's, here's why. Because I come up and I can turn left and, and wait at the stoplight, which takes about 5 to 15 minutes. Or I can just turn left through a neighborhood, make an illegal turn, and I wait about 5 to 30 seconds and go through there. So most days I'm just like, oh, I'm kind of in a rush. I need to get to church. Come on. I'm, yeah, I'm going to do it, you know. And so this one day I had this dilemma, because every day I act like I'm going to make the right decision, but I, but I don't. So I had this dilemma one day, right? And I'm, I'm driving up, and I'm like, ah, today I'm going to do it. It's Monday. It was a Monday. I'm like, I'm going to do it. It's the living room tonight. Come on, I, I don't want to. And I'm just like, you know what? It is Monday, and there's a lot going on. I'm going to turn left. So I, I turn left. Sure enough, immediately there's a cop in there. And I'm like, he, he probably lives in that house. Like, he's not in there. And then I see him, and I'm like, come on, bro. You're not going to pull me over. And he's like, just waving me to the side, right? And so I pull over, and he comes up, and I'm like, Man, officer, I had no idea. Like I, he's like, you know, there's, there's five signs in the span of a quarter of a mile. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to lie. I was like, I, I totally knew what I did, sir. Um, I made the left turn. I do it most days. And you finally caught me. <laughs> finally caught me. So he goes back to the car. I'm thinking my honesty, like that was a good strategy, right? Like sure, surely he's going to be like, hey, you know what? You were honest. Come on. We had a good laugh. Like most other people are trying to tell me these 
crazy lies. Here's a warning. No, he comes back and he goes, here's a ticket. Here's a ticket. And this is the ticket. And I look down at it. I'm like, oh, no, I don't know any cops in Atlanta yet to get me out of this. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And he's like, well, you can pay it, which is going to be a pretty big fine. Or you can, like, go to court and serve your court date. So I'm thinking, man, this is not a good way to start my day. I'm going to have to call in and tell her. I'm going to have to tell the living room about this. They're going to be so disappointed in me. And about an hour later, as I'm like, this is seriously messing me up. You know how it is when you get a ticket. Like, it's all you can think about. And about an hour later, I get a phone call, right? And it's a number that I've never seen before. And usually I don't answer those calls. I just let them go to voicemail. But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to answer it today. Maybe it's, I, I, don't, I don't know who this is, but I answer it. I'm like, hello? And the other line, he's like, hey, is this Matt? Like, yeah, this is Matt. He's like, this is Officer Nuno. I'm like, officer? Oh, no. I start thinking in my mind, like, what did I do? Did I drive away too soon? Like, is, this, is there a warrant out for my arrest? Like, this, how am I, now I'm, uh, this is terrible. Like, I'm not going to make Monday night because I'm going to be in prison because I drove away on a tick. This is, this is crazy, right? And so I'm like, sir, I I don't know. And he's like, no, 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 calm down, calm down. You're good. He's like, I just wanted to call and and tell you um, that the ticket I wrote you, that I've I've taken care of it, that I dropped it to a warning, you're good. And I'm literally on the other line, like not saying anything. He's like, you you hear me? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. That's, so I'm I'm, I'm good. Like I I can do whatever I want with the ticket. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you just can hang on to it if you want or whatever. But like, it's taken care of, you're good. I was like, okay, wow. That's amazing. So I hang up the phone and I just start thinking, why? What, what just happened? Like, I deserve that ticket. I mean, I did that on purpose. I do that on purpose every single day. Like, I deserve that. Like, in a way it felt good because I'm like, finally, like, thank you. Like, I shouldn't do that. And yet he calls and he extends this grace to me. I didn't deserve it, but he's just like, you're good. I- I've taken care of it, Matt. And I was like, well, well, do I need to send you any money? Can I take you out to lunch? Like, what do I need to do? He's like, no, no, you're good. It's taken care of, don't worry about it. Forget about it. He didn't even say, don't do it again. He just said, you're good. I haven't done it again since then, all right? Chill. (laughs) Here's the deal. Tonight, I'm gonna challenge you. I'm gonna challenge all of you. Because there's some of you in the room that, For a long time, phone has been ringing in your life. And maybe for a while you're like, ah, I don't know who that is. I'm just gonna let it go. I'm gonna let it go to voicemail. But maybe for a little bit, you've been like, no, I know who it is. I know that's Jesus knocking on the door of my heart, but I don't wanna answer it. If I would have known that was the officer, I don't know if I would have picked up the phone because I would have thought that he was just gonna condemn me and tell me that I did something wrong or tell me that my ticket's even worse than it was, than I thought it was. And a lot of you, I know that that's what you think. That's what I thought at one point in life. Like, man, if, if, I, if I do pick up the call, then like Jesus is gonna be on the other end saying, you've messed up. You're not good enough. You don't have what it takes. But tonight I'm gonna challenge some of you to pick up the call and to let Jesus in. Because I want to let you know, just as Officer Nuno said to me, he's not calling on the other end to condemn you and to tell you how much you've messed up. He's on the other line, extending grace to you, saying, I get it. I don't even want to talk about what you did. 
He's just saying it's been done. It's been taken care of. You're good. Forget about it. Forget about it. You're good. And then there's some others of you in the room tonight that I'm going to challenge you. Maybe you have answered the call before. And like you've put your faith and trust in Jesus at some point. But tonight, I'm going to challenge you to step into the role of Officer Nuno and to go and to start extending that love to other people to tell them of the good news. Like, you better believe I'm gonna go around and tell people this story. Like, I've already told this whole church this story, I feel like. And some of you, that's what you need to do. You need to start going and, and sharing your story with people in your community as it comes up. I'm not saying you need to go stand on the, on the corner and preach. I'm saying you need to be intentional with it and start to share the good news, the grace that you've been given that you didn't deserve. And then others of you, I'm just gonna challenge you to keep coming to keep asking questions, to keep trying to seek out what do you believe. This place, the living room, Buckhead Church, it's a place where you belong before you believe. Hear me on this. You belong before you believe. We really mean this. Or even if you never do. Even if you never get to the point where you believe what we believe, you still belong here. This is still a family where you can come and you can belong and you can connect and you can find love and encouragement. So tonight, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond wherever you're at. In a moment, I'm just going to ask you to stand if, if this is you. And I know sometimes that can be awkward. It can seem weird. It seems like people are looking at you. They may be. But tonight, we just want to celebrate with you. We want to celebrate for you. So tonight, if, if for the first time in your life, like, you know that the call has been ringing. And for the first time in your life, you need to just pick it up. And you need to start a relationship with Jesus. You don't have to clean yourself up first. You don't have to explain yourself. You just step into it. You just say hello. and You just answer the call. If that's you tonight, then I just want to ask you, would you be bold enough, courageous enough just to stand right where you are? See you in the back right there. That's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. That takes so much courage. You guys can stay standing. You can stay standing. There's nothing holy about standing. I just think that when you express outwardly what's happening on the inside, it kind of solidifies it. And again, we can celebrate with you. Is there anyone else? Anyone else for the first time you need it? That's amazing. Man. Wow. I'm just thinking that right now, that decision of putting your faith and trust in Jesus like I'm thinking about how that's going to impact the end for you where you're headed the impact that's going to start to happen right now in your life because of this choice how about if there's anyone in the room tonight where you've answered the call before but tonight you need to go and you need to start extending it to other people like all throughout this series possibly you've been thinking about it and you've been challenged you're like man I, I need to live out a different reputation like if I'm claiming to be a follower of Jesus then I need to start living like it if that's you tonight would you just be courageous enough to stand right where you are it's awesome so powerful amazing amazing and for the third group that I want to challenge tonight, if, if you're in the group that you just need to keep coming, you need to keep showing up, you need to keep asking questions, I'm not going to have you stand, but I'm just going to challenge you to keep doing that. This is a challenge right now. Would you keep seeking God? 
God says, if you seek me, you'll find me. He doesn't put a timetable on that. He just says, just keep seeking, keep trusting, keep walking in that. The rest of us, would you just stand in this moment as I pray for us tonight? God, we thank you for what you're doing in this place. Tonight, God, there's so many people who are stepping up and stepping out and making decisions for you. Lord, there's a group of people in the room tonight that their lives, their eternal lives are forever changed because tonight they stepped into freedom that's found only in a relationship with you. And Lord, tonight we celebrate that. There's nothing greater that we could celebrate. It's the greatest celebration that's happening right now in the city of Atlanta. God, there's other people tonight that they stepped up and they stepped out to say, I wanna go extend this love to other people. And wow, what an impact you're gonna make through them. I can only imagine the difference that you're gonna start to make through them on their campuses, as they love others radically, as they extend encouragement, forgiveness to people, even when they don't deserve it. And then I know there's so many more, God, that tonight they're saying, all right, I'm gonna keep seeking, I'm gonna keep trusting, I'm gonna keep showing up, I'm gonna keep asking questions. And God, help them to know that that's just as courageous of a next step. Lord, we love you and we thank you that tonight we can come and we can proclaim these truths with confidence because you paid it all on our behalf, God. You arrested death once and for all, you defeated it. And so tonight we celebrate that. Tonight we lift you high. It's in your mighty name we pray. Amen.